So what is a day that changed your life? Think about it for a second. Actually, think about it. What is a day that changed your life? Maybe it was the day your family came to the U.S. Maybe it was your wedding day. But think of a day right now. Get it into your head. Well, for me, for me, I thought of two. So first was the day I accepted Christ as a teenager. And second was the day I married Pink Foy. See, these days changed my life not exactly because of the day itself, but because it changed every day thereafter. When I accepted Christ, I didn't grow up Christian. I accepted Christ literally the first time I ever went to a Bible study. And that day, for every day after, I had a new purpose, a new hope, a new love. And then the day I married Peng Foa, basically I kissed my simple white American life goodbye. <laughs> Hello, my world. <laughs> And my life changed. And that's what happens. So I bet some of you, some of you probably chose the birth of my child. Maybe it was the birth of your first child or the birth of your favorite child. Don't say that name out loud. Okay. I bet some of you said that. And did you know that even Jesus equated his own resurrection to giving birth? Because when you have a child, that changes everything. Talk about a day that changes every day thereafter. You become parents. And you will not sleep again for 18 years minimum. And that's what happens. But that's, that's, that's why we say that Easter changed everything. Because the resurrection that happens at Easter changed that day. But more importantly, it changed every day thereafter. But have you ever wondered what changed? Like what exactly changed living in a post-resurrection world? I know it's a very churchy, very pastory thing to say that Easter changed everything. But what actually changed? Well, the Bible has a lot of answers to that question because a lot of things changed. Jesus Christ did a lot when he resurrected from the grave. And today we're going to look at one of those things that changed everything. It's, it's something that Jesus said about his own resurrection. Jesus talked about his resurrection in the book of John. There was a long speech recorded, a long conversation between Jesus and his disciples. And what we're going to look at today is just a little snippet of that long conversation that he had with them. And this was, this was the night before he was killed. They were sitting in the upper room. They did some traveling and they walked from one place to another place and they talked. And what we're going to read today is part of that conversation. So it begins, so it's, it's out of John 16, and it begins like this. Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, 
you will see me. Now, if you know the rest of the story, that statement makes sense. But imagine if you didn't know the rest of the story. That would be a pretty strange statement. Like if you put yourself in the disciples' shoes or sandals as the case may be, think about that. That just sounds weird. It sounds like maybe he's going on a short trip or making a run to Cub Foods or even worse, he's like a really bad um, magician. Now you see me, now you don't. Then you will, then you won't. <laughs> no wonder the disciples are confused. Well, here's what they say. At, at this, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. And could you see them like murmuring this to themselves? They're all over here, and Jesus is chilling over there. Like, what is he talking about? Well, you ask him. No, you ask him. I'm not going to ask him. You ask him. And see, like, I love the disciples. They're so real. They're so human. They're like, huh? What is this? Like, what is in a little while? Is this, is this microwave leftovers? Or is this on hold with Comcast? What are we talking here? Well, thankfully, Jesus knew the questions the disciples were asking. They didn't even need to ask it. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while, you will see me no more, and then, then after a little while, you'll see me? He's like, I see. Are you asking one another that? So meanwhile, we're like, the disciples are like, oh, we totally just got busted. Be quiet, Peter. Okay? And so, so finally, finally, here's the answer. Jesus is going to answer the question that they're just dying to know. And here's what he says. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. What? <laughs> okay, that, like, Jesus, dude, that is not what I signed up for. Sorrow, grief, mourning. I did not think that was on the ticket for this. But Jesus didn't leave it there. See, I love, in scripture, I, I love one of the most powerful words in scripture is but. Because but is when God shows up. But is when everything changes. But is when we see the power of God in the lives of normal, everyday people. If I ever write a book, if I get all scholarly, and if I ever write a book on the work of God, I'm going to call it, I like big butts, and I cannot lie, and immediately get kicked out of the Christian publishing profession. <laughs> but I love it. I love it when there's a but in Scripture. And what we, what, then that's what Jesus says here. Grief, mourning, sorrow, but your grief will turn to joy. That is an amazing promise. That is an amazing promise. Because of the resurrection, your grief can be turned to joy. 
You do not have to stay stuck in your sorrow, in your sadness, in your failure, in your fear. You do not have to be stuck because of the resurrection. Jesus can turn your sorrow into joy. See, some of you are living on the wrong side of the resurrection. Some of you are living as if Jesus were still in the grave. But Jesus is saying there is life on the other side of the resurrection. There is life in a risen Savior, not a dead prophet. That is the joy of the resurrection. Now Jesus continues. And he gives him an illustration that, that I think a lot of folks in here can understand. Okay. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Now, I've never been pregnant. I know I may look like it sometimes, okay? I've never been pregnant, never given birth. I don't even know how that would work. But I've known a lot of pregnant people. And if you talk to enough pregnant women, or if you have been pregnant, then you understand. Pregnancy is sometimes amazing and sometimes horrible. And most of the time, both. But you know, I've heard people say, I love babies. I've never heard someone say, I love giving birth. <laughs> because that's not what it's about. Being pregnant is not the state you stay in. Being a parent is the state you stay in. That's the end goal. That's what will happen after. And see, it would be ridiculous. Think about, think about this for a second. It would be ridiculous for someone to say, oh, I just love being pregnant. I wish I could stay pregnant all year long. No. Every single pregnant mother I have ever known gets to a point where they're like, okay, I'm done. Let's get this thing out of me. I am done. <laughs> it's because pregnancy isn't where we're supposed to stay. Parenting. Being a parent. That's where we stay. So imagine. Imagine if somebody, after they gave birth, decided to go back to being pregnant. They gained a bunch of weight drank a bunch of water so their feet got all swelled up with water weight, bought shoes too small so nothing fit, put on a really tight belt so they had back problems and had to pee all the time. Think about living that while you already given birth. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy to go back to living like you're pregnant after you gave birth. But that's what we do with the resurrection. We will live as if Jesus was still in the grave. We will live as if the resurrection never happened. And we live still in our sorrow. And we forget that Jesus promised that he can turn our sorrow into 
joy. See, we live as if Jesus was not raised from the dead. We try to be good people to try to get ourselves into heaven so that we can be good enough to get into heaven. We tell ourselves that if we try hard enough, we can fix that problem in our relationship, that addiction you just can't shake. If we try hard enough, we can do it. We chase after things to make us happy, to numb the pain. We live on the wrong side of the resurrection. It's like living on the pregnant side of birth. Nobody wants that. And it's not how God designed it. So now, Jesus brings it all together with one final statement and says this. So with you, now is your time of grief. But, excuse me, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Think about that for a second. No one will take away your joy. That is an incredible statement. Because we live in a joy-stealing world. I don't think you need me to convince you of that. One look at the headline news is enough to rob us of any joy we have inside us. And our world is filled with joy-stealing things. We have officer-involved shootings. We have the crisis at the border. The fire at the Notre Dame. The Mueller report. Climate change. Racism and oppression. And if you've looked at the news, there just came in news about some church and hotel bombings in Sri Lanka. 200 dead, 600 plus wounded because it was Easter. We live in a joy-sucking, joy-destroying world. Everything about around us can rob us of our joy. And there are not enough cute cat videos in the world to fix that. <laughs> Trust me, I've tried. Because <laughs> this list just goes on and on. But there is a resurrection. There is a resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, our problem is that we look for joy in all the wrong places. We look for it in our families, in our jobs, in more money, more success, more friends, more fun, more fishing. We look for joy in all the wrong places. But every one of us knows that those things fail us. All of those, all of those things of this world, they overpromise and underdeliver. They fail, and we're still left alone, bitter, afraid, insecure. We're left in a word, joyless. Do you want to know the secret? Do you want to know the secret to holding on to your joy? Jesus told us. You want to know the secret? It's this. If the world doesn't give you your joy, 
the world can't take it away. If the world doesn't give you your joy, the world can't take it away. That's why Easter changed everything. Because when you let God give you your joy, no one can take it away, just like Jesus said. And that joy begins at the resurrection. That joy that cannot be taken away begins at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That resurrection is our hope, our salvation, and our joy. And it's a joy that can never be taken away. So why do we say that Easter changed everything? Why do we say that? Because the resurrection changed everything. Believing in Jesus Christ has the power to change every day thereafter in your life. It certainly did mine. So I want to ask you two questions, at least one of which should apply to all of you. Two questions. First, do you believe in Jesus Christ and his resurrection? That's the first question we have to ask. Do you believe in Jesus Christ and his resurrection? I'm not asking if you say you're a Christian. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm asking if you believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for your sins, do you believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is? And you believe that he rose from the dead to give you eternal life. If not, today is the day to believe that. Because without Jesus, you will continue to seek joy everywhere you can find it. And you will continue to lose that joy. Because the things of this world overpromise and underdeliver. Today is the day to say, yes, Jesus. I believe in you and I believe in your resurrection. Second, okay, for, for the rest of you, do you believe in Jesus? If, sorry, if you believe in Jesus, are you living on the wrong side of the resurrection? If you believe in Jesus and, and you're working, you're doing your best to follow him, are you living on the wrong side of the resurrection? Are you trying to find your joy in the things of this world? Because remember, if the world doesn't give you your joy, it can't take it away. And that's what happens when we live on the, the wrong side of the resurrection. We are stuck with grief, mourning, and sadness. So we got to fix that. And we'll do anything and everything to fix that. Because we forget that God already fixed it. And Jesus said, I will turn your mourning into joy. So are you living like Jesus is still in the grave? Are you following some set of rules because that's what you think a Christian should do and you're trying to be good? 
but you can never quite pull it off. You can never be good enough to make yourself feel better and to make the guilt go away and to make the sorrow disappear. Are you living for yourself as if Jesus wasn't even in the picture? Today is the day to say no more. Today is the day to say, I believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And today is the day to live on the right side of the resurrection. To follow a risen Savior, not a dead prophet. Today is that day to let the risen Christ transform you. And today is the day to say, in my life, Easter changed everything. Join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for sending your son. This was your plan all along. You loved us so much that you wanted to spend an eternity with us. So you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to live, die, and be raised from the dead for us. So I thank you for the resurrection. I thank you for the new life that that gives us. And I pray new life, and I pray resurrected life, and resurrected power, and resurrected joy over every person in this room. Pull them to the right side of the resurrection. Pull them out of their sorrow. Pull them out of their mourning. And give them joy. A joy that cannot be taken away. That can only come from you, Lord. So we thank you on this Easter Sunday that we are living new lives because of you and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Pray this in your name.